I got to tell you, I never was a big fan of the Beatles, whom you just listened to. When I was growing up, to me, they were just city little love song. I want to hold your hand, shake your head left and right, the mop tops. But when I met my life partner in 1997, uh, I got a slap in the face, metaphorically, about um, the Beatles. She, she really instructed me on how to truly appreciate them. And this is one of the songs that she uh, made me listen to, Piggies, from 1968, from the White Album, uh, written by George Harrison. And it's, um, There's a great dichotomy, first of all, that I love. I love the fact that it's, it has a classical tone and sound to it, more Baroque style to it, but the lyrics are incredibly acerbic and sarcastic and, and, and biting, should I say. Um, and it was produced not by, um, not by George Martin, the fifth Beatles, not that George Martin wasn't able to come up with a stroke of genius like this one. He, had a lot, but this one was uh, produced by Chris Thomas instead, who did some work with the Beatles, but uh, more extensively with Pink Floyd, Procol Harum, Roxy Music, Bad Finger, Elton John, Pete Townsend, Pulp, The Pretenders, and even the Sex Pistols. And you kind of can see a little bit what he was going with when you know everything else, any other band that he's worked with. Uh, the thing, though, is that the song was really, um, it was darkened by the Charles Manson murders. It's one of the tracks that uh, inspired them, especially the line, what they need is a damn good whacking. And during the uh, the Manson trials in 1971, this song was taken apart, literally by the establishment, almost almost going as far as blaming the Beatles for what Manson and his followers did. This was part of it. But it's still, 
to me, it's the song that lets you understand whom individually each of the Beatles are. Because if you ask George Harrison what this song is about, it'll tell you it's about the inner chakra. If you ask John Lennon, it'll tell you it's about consumerism. If you ask Paul McCartney, it'll tell you it's about love. And if you ask Ringo, he'll tell you it's about piggies. Welcome after midnight. My name is Anthony from Montreal, Canada. I'm a night shift worker, have been for the last 16 years, because during the day, I take care of both my kids, who are acutely autistic. It gives me very little time to do anything for myself and to keep my sanity. I do this. Once a month, I record a show of a selection of songs related to one specific topic. This week, we're doing animals. And every time I introduce the show, I always say thank you so much for being back with me. And I do mean it every time, especially this time. Thank you so much. I know that it's kind of weird to stay with now a monthly format that used to be weekly, and now it's once a month. Those who are just discovering me, then you got something like 70 episodes to go through in how much time you want to do it, so enjoy. But for the rest of you who keep coming back, thank you for keeping coming back each and every episode. I really do appreciate it. And uh, as I always said from the start, anybody who wants to come with me on the show, discuss music, discuss a topic, just do one quick guest appearance, please reach out to me and we will make it happen. Today, though, let's go with Animal Songs, which is the theme of the week, introduced by Piggies. I chose that. I could have chosen money, I guess, or anything else, or I don't know what else I could have chosen. There's a lot of things that could have gone with Piggies as a topic, but I did choose to make it Animals, and here are the next three songs. Enjoy. Oh, she or 
Jesus, Andrew, if you don't find a seat soon, we're gonna get stuck with- Drop a squat, my dude! No! Oh, fuck a duck. I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go fuck a duck. <laughs>
Bring me my slippers. Now, be my footstool, Snuffles. This is what I'm talking about. This is a dog. Oh, yeah, this should play out just fine. You said the same thing equally sarcastically at our wedding, and guess what? My mother had a rabbit fur coat Then a girl of less character Pushed her down the L.A. River And over that rabbit fur coat She put a knife to her throat And over that rabbit fur coat When my mom refused the on a blouse Stay away from my mansion house My mother really suffered for that Spent her life in a gold-plated body cast Now you ask, did she get that girl back? She paid a visit to that mansion She knew the girl was not there But her father was in cufflinks with slicked back black hair He invited her and they never sang a note But she took off that rabbit fur coat And who do you think came home? Mr. So-and-so He invited me in I'm a girl no more Then she dragged my ma out by her throat And over that rabbit fur coat Let's move ahead twenty years, shall we? She was waitressing on welfare We were living in says to my ma, you treat your girl as your spouse You can live in a mansion house And so we did And I became a hundred thousand dollar kid When I was old enough to realize to wipe the dust from my mother's Is all this for that rabbit fur coat? But I'm not bitter about it I packed up my things and let them have at it And the fortune faded as fortunes often do And so did that mansion Where my 
I'm so sorry to have bumped you down so hard with Jenny Lewis' Rabbit Fur Coat. That was her debut album in 2006, but that was not the debut of Jenny Lewis. And this is what she's talking about in the song. Yes, it's a really, really sad song. What's even more sad is that it's a metaphor for most of her life up to that point. Jenny was a child actress and a pretty successful one. She made her debut, um, I think, in a commercial for Barbie dolls or something in the late 70s. And uh, if you think about kids' commercials around that time, she wasn't them. For Toys R Us and for restaurants and anything else, she wasn't those commercials. And that led to acting roles on television throughout the 1980s and 90s. Anything family-related at that time, Growing Pains, The Golden Girls, even Baywatch, if you can you know, consider Baywatch to be quote-unquote family-related. She wasn't those things. And then in the 1990s, she, uh, she was in a string of low-budget teen-centric movies. There was one in 1989 called The Wizard. If you've never watched this, it's it's worth digging up. It's, it stars Fred Savage at the time that he was doing, um, you know, his, his fantastic show, uh, The Wonder Years. Anyway, the, the whole movie is a 90 minutes commercial for Nintendo. And it was produced and financed by Nintendo. It's basically, it's a big commercial for Super Mario 2 and 3. At the end of the movie, uh, the kids play Super Mario 3, which hadn't been launched yet. And the movie was kind of the launching point it was meant to be commercial for anyway. Poor Jenny was in that, and by the uh, the mid nineteen nineties, um, she had grown too old, and the Hollywood machine spit her out. That was it. That was the end of her acting career. She still does the odd movie or appearance here and there, but Jenny Lewis, the child actress, was done by that time, and uh, she started a um, an indie rock band in nineteen ninety eight called I think Rilo Kiley, Warner Brothers. What is interested in them because they were looking for the next big Nirvana and um, never really took off though and she started her uh, her solo career with that album in 2006 and by 2011 Riley Kiley was done and she had become a singer still has a beautiful voice still absolutely a gorgeous woman and uh, I encourage you to look her up on YouTube. I, I love what she does. I love this album. It is sad. What can I say? Before that, speaking of sad, I'm I was in college in the mid-1990s when this band, Big Wreck, was formed. Again, it was the music labels looking for the next big Nirvana. And um, I can't, for the life of me, remember. I, I would need to look up, and I'm just too lazy. I can't remember a song from Big Wreck in the 1990s when they were big. And I know they were, especially here in Canada. They're a mostly Canadian band, and... Uh, Honestly, I, I can't remember what they did back then. Uh, by 2002, they were done. And then in 2011, I think they did a, a comeback tour for uh, to raise money for something or other. And they decided, you know what, Let, let's try again. Some of the members came back together and they released this album called Albatross. The single has the same name. It was a toss-up for me choosing between Albatross and this song, Wolves. 
Um, I think Albatross is much more of a downer. And I thought before submitting you to Rutherford Coat, might as well lift your spirits up so that nobody wants to hang themselves. And there you go. Big Wreck. Now a completely, I think, Canadian band with Wolves. Before that, speaking of indie rock, these guys are it. They launched in um, 2017 fully by themselves. Not doing an album, no record label behind them, doing everything themselves and releasing their own music themselves online. It's just singles, just recording singles, making music video, and that's it, no album. And by 2019, they were ready to launch an album. And at the end of the year, well, end times began. So they spent most of 2020, at least the first half of 2020, they, they, um, they did what everybody else did. They did online streaming to raise money for good causes. Um, and by the midpoint of 2020, they started um, pushing a nonprofit organization, a nonpartisan organization, to encourage people to register and vote. No matter who you vote for, just vote. By the end of 2020, though, uh, they were pretty much, please vote for Biden. And uh, I thank them for that very, very much. Not to get political, but um, if you are a Trump supporter, fuck you. That's all I got to say. Please turn off the podcast right now. If you're not a Trump supporter, um, well, <laughs> all that's left to say is hamster time. We interrupt this program to bring you with Big Shiva Hamster. During these dire times, when our democracy is under assault from every possible angle, it is good to take a moment and remind ourselves of our freedom, especially understand that freedom. And what I mean by that, even if I sound like a broken record, is that your freedom is not a fucking shield. It is not a magic power. It is not a superpower. It does not come with an invisible barrier that protects you from consequences of what you did with your freedom. Liberty means that the government cannot impose a set of legislation to restrict you from doing the actions you have a right to do. For example, the government cannot exert a series of law to forbid you from putting your own hand willfully on a burning hot stovetop. However, that magnificent liberty will not shield you from the burn. And then later on, when you sue the manufacturer because of the burn you receive after exercising your freedom to put your hand on the burning stovetop, they will exercise their freedom to laugh in your frickin' face. Even if you did not know, ignorant that you are, that a burning red-hot stovetop can cause you harm, it is still your responsibility. Because that is what freedom is, responsibility. If you do not understand that, it means you are not responsible. And therefore, it is a very fortunate thing that you are still living with mommy and daddy, even though you are 43. And if my freedom to say such thing offends you, please feel completely free to go f- It's all in the delivery. So how you doing, baby?
surprising though you know they all good And let's be honest if only we could Wrap it in a packet and I ain't gotta have it Of course I'm still at it and everybody's at it And let it be the rabbit that I can still have it Have it, rabbit Gotta know what you're doing was to be done to you So now there's a secret that you know it's true You left yourself open in delicious deceit Life is a circle and the circle complete Oh my god. Get that thing away. How'd they get in here? The cat? This isn't what you're afraid of, is it? That's not a cat. That's a flurkin. He was born with an axe in his fur. The toughest cat that you ever saw. Well, he could chop down a tree with just one swing. We call him Yummy and Hammer Paw. He could punch out a thousand grizzly bears. He's mighty tall at seven feet. His beard's so tough it gets in bites. His favorite food is lunch and meat. His favorite food is lunch and meat. chicken cross the road. The chicken wanted to get to the other side of the road. Ah! <laughs> What's a chicken?
Yes, indeed, I agree with you. This is the most effed up set of songs I've ever played on my show before. And that's because my show is monthly now. When I used to do a weekly show, I was trying to do something for you to listen to on a radio when you're driving or you're commuting. Something more entertaining, more flowing. But now that I'm doing just once a month, might as well indulge myself and play things that you would never listen to or hear anywhere else. But on my show, like like John Lydon, you're not going to listen to that on Top 40 Radio. But we will come back to him in a moment. First, let's talk about this song that you just heard. If you didn't know that Where the Lines Are is a uh, a deeply faith-based Christian song. Look it up. It's, it's deep-cut Old Testament stuff. Like the singer, who was himself a really deeply religious Christian singer. All his songs, all his albums, faith-based. I know because I grew up in a religious household, and my parents would listen to it all the time. The thing is, I could not um, say the word cock, but I could say his name, Bruce Cockburn. Because that's his name, Bruce Cockburn. Yes, I am five years old. Welcome to that realization. What can I say? I am a childish mid-40s man. My point is, in 1979, he released this song. It wasn't a huge hit for him. He was pretty well known here in Canada, but not outside. But this song, three years later, was covered uh, in the UK by Leo Sayer. It was pretty big in the, the early 80s. And that was a huge hit for Leo Sayer. And then... Bruce Cockburn re-released his version, the original one, and then, there you go, big hit. And I think that song was covered like 20 times. Jimmy Buffet did the version. Like everybody did the version of Where the Lions Are. Um, that's it about Bruce Cockburn. What can I say more about Bruce Cockburn except uh, maybe one more time say his name? No, that's not. Before that, you heard <laughs> from Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. I was told, apparently, that it's a great show to watch when you're high. I don't know, because I've never been high, I don't even drink, but um, it is a bonkers show. It's on Netflix. It's a kind of American anime on Netflix. Um, it, it's really hard to describe, so I'm not going to, but it is pretty good. It is pretty effed up, and it's a great, great antidote to anything that's going on in the world right now. If you want to forget everything, watch Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beast. This song happens in an episode where Kipo, the heroine, comes upon a village of giant lumberjack cats. It's really crazy. You need to watch the show. Anyway, they lost their leader, whose name is Yami and Hammerpaw. So during the course of the episode, they sing an ode to him. And this is what you just heard. It's a really great song. I love it. I love the freaking show. Still haven't watched season two and three who are out now. And I think that will be it. It's Netflix. So three seasons and you're done. And I will watch it. Just listening to that song again a moment ago made me want to go back and watch season one again. So I think I'm going to do that uh, in the coming days. I'm going to binge all three seasons of Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. Before that, John Lydon. Okay, some of you know who he is and are calling me a frippin' hypocrite, but I am not. John Lydon, better known by his stage name Johnny Rotten, lead singer of the Sex Pistols and later Public Image LTD. One of the most hated men in show business because that's his brand. That's what he does. He's controversial. He stirs shit up. Can I say that's what he does? And um, he became an American citizen in 2013, and um, John Lydon became an American citizen, and he praised Obama. He was really uh, an admirer of Barack Obama, because who is not except really crazy people? And um, when it was suggested that maybe Donald Trump would be president, he said he's never going to do it. He's, it's never going to happen. People are not that crazy. You know what? They were. And John Lydon 
no, sorry, that's not true. John Lydon was a supporter of Barack Obama. Johnny Rotten was a Trump cheerleader. So you're saying, yeah, but you said, fuck you, Trump, but now you're playing. Yeah, here's the thing. Johnny Rotten saying vote for Trump is like Sam Jackson telling Joe Pesci, mind your language. The idea of it is so freaking ridiculous. It pushes sarcasm to the breaking point that someone like Johnny Rotten, the stage person, the, the shit stir, the guy who just wants to offend you at all costs, who wants to watch the world burn, is telling you vote for Trump. I think it's a deliberate move. I'm pretty sure it is a deliberate move to make you understand how fucking ridiculous it is to vote for a gigantic piece of shit like Donald Trump. Did I say, if you're a Trump supporter, stop listening to my show right now? John Lydon, a.k.a. Johnny Rotten, that was a rabbit. It was from um, a compilation album that came out, if I'm not mistaken, in 2019, called The Best of the One Pound Notes. It's basically um, all of his best hits with Public Image and um, the Sex Pistols and some of the solo stuff he did. He had a solo album, I think, in 2005, and he has been recording a second album for a number of years now that still hasn't been released. And this one, Rabbit Song, was from it. The thing is, look up the lyrics, listen to it carefully, and all it misses is the word Trump. It's pretty much a takedown of the entire Trump persona, his administration as a president or as a quote-unquote human being. It's about Donald Trump. Seriously, look it up. And that's why I played that song, because as much as Johnny Rotten was a Trump cheerleader, this is a John Lydon song. John Lydon was not a Trump supporter. That about sums it up for this episode. Thank you so much for being back with me again this time. I say it every episode, and somehow I never end up doing anything about it, but I promise you, I will. If you have a podcast, even if you don't, if you just want to come on a show and talk about anything, as long as it's music... Please reach out, Twitter, Facebook. I hate recording alone. I really do. So please come on the show. And I plan on doing a live show this year. Hopefully, uh, I will be doing it for real. In the meantime, I'm leaving you with one last song by a band called Train. Now, I'm not a fan of Train at all. I got to admit, I don't really like what they're doing now. But back in 1998, when they released their debut album called Train, they had this fantastic freaking song that sounds like nothing of which they're doing now. It was a kind of bluesy, jazzy, I don't know how to describe it song, but I freaking love it. And I listen to that song all the time when I'm driving, when I'm working, when I'm reading. I love this song. It's called Rat from their debut album in 1998 by Train. Thank you again so much for being back with me. Please enjoy this one last song. Bye. Just out of school A teacher's pet and modern fool Talked about being a freelance broker But the pony 
Round. Someone told me it's all happening at the zoo. I do believe it. I do believe it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
light and tumble journey from the east side to the park Just a fine and fancy ramble to the zoo But you can take a cross-town bus if it's raining or it's cold And the animals will love it if you do It's all happening at the zoo I do believe it I do believe it's true The monkeys stand for honesty Giraffes are insincere And the elephants are kindly, but they're dumb Orangutans are skeptical of changes in their cages And the zookeeper is very fond of rum Zebras are reactionaries and antelopes are missionaries Pigeons locked in secrecy and hamsters turn on frequently What the gas you got to come and see at the zoo At the zoo At the zoo Anthony, kiss Mama goodbye. Anthony, will you kiss your mother goodbye?